Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. Do not forget to buy lentils, or the lentil soup you're making for dinner will be sorely lacking. By the way, Mrs. Calloway says thanks for helping her bundle home and auto. She appreciates the extra savings, even though you kept using the word apropos incorrectly. But the main thing is do not forget to buy, uh, what was it? Something apropos, the lentil soup. Sorry, I'll call you back. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, it's Locked On Chiefs, and we are getting ready for this next game against the Los Angeles Chargers, if I have that correct. <laughs> Always a challenge when teams move cities, and I'm struggling with it this week, but thanks for keeping uh, your patience for me. Uh, this is Ryan Tracy. I'm the founder of Rogue Analytics. I'm an analyst over at ChiefsDigest.com and one of your hosts for the Locked On Chiefs podcast. We have a great show for you today. Our buddy Seth Kaiser's on with us, and we're going to go through a bunch of scenarios, both looking back at the Eagles game as well as where we can take that and grow and look Look forward to what they're going to be able to do versus the Chargers. Great lineup. Please make sure you're subscribed to the show. Make sure you're checking out the rest of the network. Uh, we have shows on Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson, Locked On Fantasy with Vinny Iyer. Great stuff to get you information that is outside of the Chiefs or about somebody that may be coming up. We have to tell you that we have a great promotion going right now with our brand new partners, Pro Football Focus. They give away a $40 value in their PFF Edge package. And we, since partnering with them, are starting to do the same thing. All you got to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, let us know who you are with your Twitter handle, and we're going to randomly pick a user every week, contact you through your Twitter handle, uh, and give you the subscription to the PFF product, get you behind the scenes and some of the advanced stats that PFF offers. It's a great thing, and it's really, really interesting to look at some of the advanced analytics that they use. Very cool stuff. You guys will love this. We are brought to you today, this Thursday edition, by MyBookieAG, the place where you play, you win, you get paid. So use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookieAG, and you'll be in business. Now, a bit of news came out on Wednesday. Chris Jones is your AFC Defensive Player of the Week. First time he's gotten an award. Uh, he said in a video that you can find over on Chiefs Digest uh, that this is the first time he's gotten a game ball even, uh, both high school, college, the whole nine yards. So he was pretty ecstatic. Uh, very interesting interview that he gave. That's worth ch- giving a, a listen to. Uh, go check that out on Chiefs Digest. I'm going to have a, a column up uh, Thursday afternoon probably on Chiefs Digest as well, looking at the run game. Uh, we'll have more previews for you on LockedOnChiefs.com that's coming on Friday to get ready for this game. So keep your eyes out for all that information. We'll have more about them later, but let's get to talking with Seth about what happened against the Eagles and what we're looking for for the Chargers. God, you're bossy. Yes, I am. <laughs> Folks, welcome back from Arrowhead Pride. Our buddy Seth Kaiser's here. We're going to talk about a few things. What's up? Not a whole lot. Is is it is it okay that I say that? Is that I? I think that's acceptable. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Come on, Ryan, show the bossiness. <laughs> All he right, hides it. It. I want opinions right now. Chris Jones, uh, the Beast. Chris Jones. Did start a football game. Do we need to revolt? No. <laughs> I see a lot of people out there angry, angry that he's not a starter. Wow. You know, in the, in the chief system, I mean, starter is all a relative term. They were rotating guys all game. Now 
I think it's weird that he only saw about it was like forty four, forty five percent of the snaps. Um, but at the same time, I mean, people got to understand he just came back from injury like what two, three weeks ago. He missed pretty much all the training camp, missed pretty much all the preseason. He's just rounding into shape right now. And so I really don't have that much of a problem with it. What I, I don't care who starts, honestly. That doesn't really mean much to me. What I care about, and this is the thing that I'm a little like, eh, about, is on that last Eagles drive, Jones was on there for like the first two snaps, and he was on there for like a snap or two near the end, but he missed most of that drive. Now that bothers me a little, because he's your best pass rusher, on the interior and it's obvious passing downs. Yeah. And you got to include him in that kind of scenario. Right. And I, they seem to, I mean, Benny Logan, I think played plenty of snaps. Um, and to be fair, Benny Logan played really well, but Chris Jones is a unique pass rusher. And so I, I am curious about that, but I'm not ready to revolt or anything like that. Because let's face it, um, you know, Nacho hasn't been as dominant as we were hoping, you know, based on what he was doing in the preseason. But he's playing well. Alan Bailey's playing really well. Yeah. Benny Logan's playing really well. And so they're rotating guys in to keep them all fresh because, crap, they're all playing well. So why not? You know? Yeah. And, and the proclivity that they've gone down to the four-man front has limited some. And Alan Bailey's clearly playing more snaps than anybody else. Uh, 83% in the second game. But I, I like the fact that everybody is fresher, is, is not relied on to play an entire drive. You know, that they can rotate these guys through. I, I, I honestly am a little disappointed because I'd like to have seen Roy Miller a little bit more on early downs. Uh, and, and give Benny Logan a chance to be there because, like you said, I think somewhere else, hey, he got a sack against his old team, which is something he's been derided for for a while. Yeah, he did. That's my that's my guy. I was saying he's going to provide more pass rush than everyone thinks. And how much do you think that meant to him? Oh, I think it meant a lot. Yeah. You know, although I can tell you, seeing that defensive front – and how deep it is and how talented it is. You can see why they didn't pay him to stick around, even though, I mean, I mean they were still very good against the run outside of a couple of snaps. And so I, I can see why they didn't pay him because they just, they got a really good front. And yeah, you, you might as well use it. Yeah, you can't pay everyone. So if you've got enough, because it was like that last year too, they really, they run six or seven deep of really good players. And so it's like... You know, what are you going to do? You, you can't pay this one guy. And so I get it, but I think it did mean a lot to him, especially like we were saying, because that's kind of the thing he wasn't known for doing. I'm sure he was pretty thrilled about the whole deal. I would imagine so. <laughs> it was now, a cool sack, too. <laughs> one thing that I am concerned about, and maybe it's not an alarm or anything like that, but just something to keep an eye on. Week one, Ron Parker leads you in tackles. Week two... Your safeties lead you in tackles. Both Sorensen and Murray tied. Uh, and first of all, let's talk about my boy Murray. little rough start. Hey. But he came back, ended up saving a touchdown, making a couple of nice plays. Yeah. I didn't notice him in any particularly negative way. Um, yeah, I haven't reviewed the secondary yet with all 22. And it's tough to review the secondary as a whole. Um, I do think the pass defense is a little worrisome overall. But... 
Um, neither he or Sorensen had plays where it was just like, ah, oh, crap, come on. At least that were visible, you know, from my point of view. And like you said, Eric Murray, I mean, he made a heads-up play on that ridiculously lucky play by Ertz, you know, the one that bounced off of Mitchell's arm. He made a heads-up play call, to save a touchdown. Can we just call Sorensen Superman? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, but let's talk about how they used him, though, because I was not very impressed once again with him playing in deep coverage. Uh, and then they got smart after the the half, moved him back into his nickel linebacker spot, and you saw him come alive. You know, I – man, I don't know anything about how he did in deep coverage, honestly. Again, I haven't seen the All-22. And so, I mean, maybe. But he does – he's a great blitzer. That That is definitely something that they should do more with him because he closes really fast. He's very decisive. He tracks the quarterback really well. And that's not the first time he's jumped like that, I don't think. I seem to remember him doing that last year. I remember DJ doing it once to Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he he's definitely well-suited for that role. He does a good job with it, and he's strong enough to, to at least take on blockers. And so, you know, I, I do think of the two of them, Ron Parker is way more suited to hang back deep, though. Yeah, I think that's got to be their plan. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's, what team are you betting on this week? Do you have the Chiefs or the Chargers? Do you have Chicago or Detroit? Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts in just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? Go lay down some cash and win today. That's why we're asking you to take a look at it because they have the best reputation in the business. They have the best in-game live wagering that's available to the public. And here's the thing. You bet, you win, and you get paid. That's what they base their business on, and that's what they're offering you today. So check it out. Use the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On, all one word. You're going to get 100% deposit bonus for whatever you put into it. Check it out at mybookie.ag and check it out today. Chris, what did you think of the corners against Philadelphia? In general, I thought they played pretty well. I'm sitting here, and I had been watching the uh, the actual game for the first time on TV because uh, I was at the game. And what's interesting to me from what I've seen so far and what I did watch was the Eagles had a lot of routes that made pick plays that weren't called. Um, and I think that's why Peters got such a bad rap early. I just watched a play right before we started recording where Peters was six or seven yards off the ball, and Jeffries was running a slant, and that's who he was guarding, and Philip Gaines was at the line, and his guy basically ran Gaines right into where Peters was trying to run. I remember that play. That's a pick play. I mean, that's a designed pick. You can't not call that, but they didn't call it. There was a lot of blown calls in this game that really annoyed me, especially when I was at the at the stadium. But I thought the corners played pretty well other than uh, Terrence Mitchell trying to assist Zach Ertz. And, you know. <laughs> just being a good guy. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, well, how crazy, is it that the, how crazy is it that, the, uh, uh, that they were able to ice the kicker? 
<laughs> I didn't know that even worked in real life. Yeah. No, that poor that poor kicker. He he's he's gonna have a rough go of things. I always feel for kickers because that is one of the most mentally demanding jobs in sports. I think like not maybe emotionally demanding would be a better term. Like you got to be so steady to do that job, or well, I, not I compliant agree. at all. <laughs> and well, and, and you look at you know you. And you look at the Chiefs' next opponent in the Chargers, who are dealing with a, cook, a rookie kicker that is really—that's going to be an interesting issue to see how that plays out. Is miss two two big kicks for him? No, oh, it won't matter. They won't score any points, and they won't get close enough for any field goal, so it'll be okay. Uh, Keenan Allen would like to speak with you. Yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> Keenan Allen needs to uh, be able to score on the the Dolphins before he can. Actually, I think he did so. No, Keenan Allen can play. That's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, I thought Peters was taking unusually large cushions. I'm yeah. not sure why that was, other than I thought Peterson developed a good game plan knowing this team uh, and knowing what the weaknesses were. Targeting him was not a, a problem for Carson Wentz. I mean, he did some. It's not like it was a ton, though. I mean, there were maybe t- three or four. I wouldn't say there were a lot. It was just obviously more than the one we saw from Tom Brady. Um, I, you know, I will say, you know, maybe you know Peterson. I think had a decent game plan, but I, honestly, I walked out of that game really impressed with Carson Wentz. Right. Yeah, he can play. I mean, he's. I mean, he was getting hit and knocked around, and you know, now some plays he had all day to throw, but that's just the nature of the beast. You're not going to get pressure every single snap. Um. And he took advantage of those, but I mean, he he played really well. Um, I thought, I thought, you know, you swap him out for a guy who plays average, and I think the Chiefs win that by twenty. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, and so which would ruin my prediction coming true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, I walked out of the game really impressed with him. He uh, and and I also impressed with the Chiefs because I mean, they even though he played well. They managed to, you know, they held him to 20 points, and the only reason it was 20 points was because of a, you know, last-minute whole deal there. And so, well, I how mean... How pissed off do you think Dave Tobe was? Oh, the well, I don't know, because I, that was almost schematic in nature, too. Because the, the where the kick went, there were no Chiefs. And the crazy thing was, is they were going the direction. I was sitting in the corner of the end zone, and that was exactly where I was sitting. So I had a great view of it. And it just, I I couldn't, you're right, there was nobody there. And That's so weird to me. Like, I, so I I think, I don't know if, if Dave really has a right to be mad at anyone but himself. I will say the special teams... I, we got to see what happens next week because traditionally the Chiefs have killed the Chargers on special teams. But that's two games in a row where the special teams have been a little iffy. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, it, is it a concentration factor? Is it just that there's a lot of new guys that are that are playing on the special teams? I don't know. The coverage has still, by and large, been very good. Um, you know, Colquitt had a pretty bad game overall against the Patriots until later on. He was better, I thought, against the Eagles. Um, DeAnthony Thomas is struggling. I can't think of a positive play he's made on special teams, but I can think of, 
But I can think of multiple like Ugh, plays. I mean, he dropped that great Colquitt punt that all he had to do was field it at like the two yard line, and he just dropped it. And I mean, well, he, I saw him. I saw him covering kicks that needed, I thought he looked pretty good covering. Um, but you know, well, here's something else that's good. Returner, um, but you know, he's looked okay. And then you saw Akeem Hunt get, you know, a couple of returns, which is pretty good. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he did a decent job, honestly. Thomas has not impressed me as a returner this year. You know, when you're taking something out five yards deep in the end zone, you by God, you better get it to the twenty-five. And <laughs> that's called I mean, decision making. Well, and while I, I don't, why I don't disagree with that, that's a Dave Tobe decision, though. That's not just a. I mean, you know, Thomas is looking at the coverage, and I will say that that's true. But Dave Tobe wants him to be aggressive and wants him bringing him out. So I mean, you have to let him do what he's being coached to do, and. I agree. I mean, it's it's frustrating because you know you get back behind the twenty five and you're like, uh, you know, come on, oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about the other hunt for a minute because two hundred twenty nine yards. Clark Nobody Clark. wants to talk about him. Yes, everyone wants to. Well, at least I do anyway. <laughs> he leads the league. The rookie leads the league in rushing two hundred twenty nine yards. Yes. And while that's been touted all over social media and all over the NFL network, here's here's a couple of stats that I want to get your reaction to. How far ahead do you think he is in terms of his yards after contact? Thirty. Uh, <laughs> that's close. Four point three seven yards after contact every time oh, he touches you mean, the ball. You mean yards per carry? Okay, I thought you meant total yards. <laughs> all right, I was go like, ahead. Wow, what, that's, how many, that's a big how many number. Yards after contact? I was like, wow, Seth, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 4.37 per touch. That's impressive. It's well over a point ahead of Carlos Hyde, who's number two. And, man, that's something that not only is it impressive to see a rookie do that, yeah. but just to – it's one thing to have a good game, but to have uh, enough to back it up. Because here's the second stat that's really telling. He's now leading – added another six missed tackles to his repertoire. Yeah, and I argue with that stat. Okay. Because I could have sworn he had six missed tackles on one play. <laughs> I I'm not joking. I, I, I counted I, that out and I I counted it at four. Okay. Uh, but I was trying to be a harsh guy there. Because I could see how you could argue five or even six. It sure looked like six when I was watching it. Well, and that was at the stadium. Um and they showed it back up on the monitor, but and I haven't got a chance to go back and review that, but I could have sworn it was on that one on that one catch. It was five or six tackles, and I'm just sitting there going, and I can't, there's he's got a broken more than just six. But that's yeah, impressive to say the least. Well, he's and I know what play you're talking about. I made a gif of it, and uh, they actually I saw it. Um, someone used it at the Ringer when they were doing their uh, their run through of things we learned, and they were talking about. Kareem Hunt not being a fluke. And they just pointed out, I mean, he's unbelievable at breaking tackles. I mean, he just he, he just never goes down as easy as he should. And even because, you know, the, the Eagles played good run defense, like all all game for the most part. They really stymied the offensive line. Um, but even on like those only like, you know, one or two yard gains, Hunt has a way of gaining one or two yards where it looks like he should gain no yards. You know what I mean? 
And that's the thing that stands out to me. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. The Jamal Charles-esque? I well, when you're talking about having to replace some guy, right? When you look at PFF's ratings at who's made more people miss tackles, who's got more yards after contact, guess who the number one and number two guys are for week two? Who? Kareem Hunt and Jamal Charles. Yes, it's in Denver. He's actually got a few more misses, but it's it's impressive to me that a guy that is built so much differently than Jamal Charles is able to still slip blocks, create yardage from nothing after contact especially, and that really what we were worried about in the offseason was, you know, the demise of, of Jamal Charles isn't replaceable, and we didn't have anyone uh, that we could see coming into the Chiefs roster that could maybe do something similar. But Kareem Hunt seems to be bucking the trends on, on every front. You can't argue that, and and I also will say, you know, it's nice to see Kansas City rotate in uh, Charkandrick West on third downs and give Hunt a little bit of a breather because he it looks like he's going to get a lion's share of the carries this year, and he's going to be very, very busy. Uh, they don't need to be using him on third downs. You'd love to have a three-down back, but uh, I don't think you want to go there with a rookie, especially with as well as he's played. I didn't even realize that Charles had a... Uh... Uh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I just knew that Denver a mental block. It's okay. Yeah, I, just knew that Denver, dead, I, I knew that Denver had blown out Dallas, but I didn't see that he had nine for for forty six. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Good for him. That's wonderful. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? Oh, what? And I I swear I won't drag us off too far. This anecdote will take maybe one minute. Okay. Mm. Um. My my first serious girlfriend dumped me for another dude, right? When I was like nineteen or so. Okay, better than for a lady. I'm just saying. Yeah, we'd been we'd been we'd been together for like a year and a half, and I took it really poorly because yeah, I was nineteen, and so she dumped me for another guy, and you know it was rough, whatever. So years later, you know, probably five or six years later, after I met my wife, gotten married, had a couple kids, uh, turns out this gal was interning at something in the town that my wife and I were living in, right? And she reached out and wanted to do to do supper. I swear this is going somewhere. Okay. She reached out and she wanted to do to do supper with us, and I was like, "Yeah, sure," you know. And so we went out to supper, and I was pretty excited, to be perfectly honest, because uh, I don't I don't mind saying it out loud. My wife is a stone cold hottie, and I was excited to introduce this because I mean, you know, man, hopefully she's not a listener to this show because I wish this gal all the best, you know, because she knows who she is. I wish her all the best, but I mean, my wife's a thousand times hotter than she is, and. And so, you know, we met and it was hilarious because I knew she'd seen my wife from a distance before, but when we walked in, she like did like a double take. <laughs> oh yeah. And so when we were talking, we were all talking around the table and you know, you catch up. It's one of those things where it's kind of awkward, kind of weird, but it's kind of like, you know, I felt like, you know, Garth Brooks sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers or something like that anyway. And if you don't know that song, I'm really sorry for the reference. Anyway. I'm so, sorry for people who don't know the song. <laughs> exactly. So anyway. Um, we were sitting there talking and she was, she started talking about how happy she was for me. And she used the word really like 17 times in a 10 second span. Yeah. I'm really, really happy for you. Really? Because in the meantime, we found out <laughs> during the conversation that the guy she dumped me for dumped her for another chick. <laughs> and so anyway, that's what I'm doing with Jamal Charles. I'm really happy. Wow. For really, <laughs> really, it's, it's really, really great. Really, it's really, really glad. Really, really. Really glad that he's there. Now, that was a long road to a short thought, but it, it was barely more than a minute. But that's where I'm at with Jamal Charles right now. I'm the bitter ex-girlfriend, and I know it's not his fault, but I'm just saying I'm really happy for him. 
really. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Well, Justin, now we're going to talk about something completely different. Justin Houston and his dominance. Justin Houston is the best player on the Chiefs, and it's not particularly close. No, it's really And that's not. that's no knock on Travis Kelsey or Kareem Hunt or Chris Jones or Tyreek Hill or LDT, who is playing fantastic. Um, that's no knock on Marcus Peters um, or even uh, Eric Berry when he's healthy. But Justin Houston is one of the best five defenders in the NFL. He's so good. And he could play from anywhere. And that's the thing that I liked the most about what we saw with Philadelphia is that he didn't always line up on the left where you expect him to be. Yeah, I kind of like that. Take advantage of his versatility because he seems to be able to rush from anywhere. But why do you stack – and this is where I get a little – I understand the thought process of wanting to get Ford and Houston on the same side from time to time. But I would still think you'd want an outside linebacker on the other side. And I saw multiple times in the game where they stacked both of them on one side of the field. Yep, uh, Barrett's used to do that a lot, too. And if you slide those DNs out and you've got man up, you know, you're going to rely on your safety to come down and be a, a man the edge on that side. Right. I think with Thorson, you probably have a good option of doing that. But the interesting thing that, to watch on, on that, though, for me is D Ford's on the inside. Yeah, I saw that a few times. He had well, his sack was on a rush from the inside. He made a nice move to the inside on the guard. Yeah, He's, right. Benny was on the tackle, right? Uh yes, I believe so. Um, but I just, uh, I just remember watching that play, and I thought, man, if they can give him space to operate one on one against a guard, he's way too fast for them. And the key is scheming it to where he's one on one against them with a yard or two on each side. And that's tough to scheme because, you know, you get, sometimes you get bunch protections and that kind of stuff. And Ford's not strong enough to push past that. But I thought that was interesting because that's what happened there is they got him a little space and he just blew right past the guard. And so I, it'll be interesting to see. And I think, you know, we'll see if Tom Mahali gets healthy at all this year. I, I don't know, you know, when players hit a certain age and they get a certain number of nagging injuries, it's tough to keep your hopes up. But it, you know, it could be they're starting to scheme some of this stuff in, and then you know, when Holly's back, maybe we'll finally see a little more of all three of them on the field. I really enjoy that. I certainly hope it happens. Yeah, that'd be very fun to watch. Hopefully, we see it. It's not going to happen this week, but when we do look at this coming week against the Chargers, you know, you have the Chargers have a good pass rush as well. And so, what do you guys see coming in terms of who can get to the quarterback better? Oh, I think the Chiefs because the Chargers and, you know, Mitchell Schwartz and uh, Eric Fisher had some struggles against the Eagles pass rush, make no mistake, but they are much better pair of tackles than what the Chargers have. I don't remember who the Chargers have this year, but I know the Chiefs are better. <laughs> Sparksdale and somebody, right? So yeah. the revolving and, and door just, is Sparksdale. Justin Houston has made a career out of terrorizing. It's Russell Okun. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Okung, I mean, he's not bad, um, but I mean, but they're but they're at least doing better than what the uh, the Broncos could be doing this week. Is they have they might end up having to start Donald Stevenson at left tackle. <laughs> well, Stevenson's very good at holding, so 
You know, <laughs> well, there's that. It just depends on how the refs call the game. Um, but I, I, I think now to be fair, I mean, the Chargers, they really, I mean, Bosa and Ingram are just, that's a fantastic duo. And Ingram's really strong against the run as well. And that's, I mean, he's one of my, my favorite edge players because he's, he's versatile. He can drop, he can, he can play against the run. He really, I mean, and I mean this as a compliment, even though it doesn't sound like it. I think Ingram is a poor man's Justin Houston. Yeah, he's got that strength to, to power ratio that I think is very similar. Yep. His game, and again, he's not quite as athletic. He's not quite as strong. He's just not quite as disciplined. You know what I mean? And seriously, a poor man's Justin Houston is better than almost everyone else in the league. That's no lie. You know, I mean, other than like Khalil Mack. You know what I mean? Because Khalil Mack is like a Justin Houston, slightly less powerful, slightly faster. You know, I mean, it's... That's who I compare everyone to. And Ingram, he's a stud. Bosa's a stud. But I just think I think the Chiefs have a better set of tackles. I think they're a better coach team. Um, and so I think they're going to get more pressure there. And Rivers, while he's he's good at certain things with regards to moving around the pocket and recognizing things pre-snap, Rivers is uniquely vulnerable to three- and four-man pressures because he's not mobile at all. Yeah, and he wants to hold the ball until he sees something open. He, he does, and he's good at moving around the pocket. But like you know, what he's good at doing is if people blitz Rivers, he'll kill that. Yeah. But with if you're getting to him with three or four guys, and we've seen that in the past, we've seen Tom Bahali have games where he's gone off against Rivers just because he, Rivers isn't Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? You don't have to play contained, so you can just pin your ears back and go nuts. And then also, he just he can't run around the way Wentz did. And so I, I, I think they're going to be able to I'm, – I'm hoping to see them dial things up a little more. Two weeks in a row, they've done a lot of playing possum during the first two, even three quarters. And I, I'm not sure what Sutton's doing. <laughs> it worked against Tom Brady, and so I'm trying to be like, okay, maybe. But like when I was watching against Wentz, I was like, man, why, why are we only dropping – why are we only rushing three again? Okay, well, you want to talk about that. My question to you is, on the other side of the ball, why aren't you using Tyree Hill for his deep speed? I mean, I get that the offensive line wasn't allowing a lot of time to throw, maybe. Yeah, after you look that... At what, you look at what that uh, that deep ball, uh, I was watching from the game, and I know you haven't been able to watch all 22, but I can tell you from watching, they were in a lot of single safety sets. Yeah, I, I, I actually observed that. I mean, they had, they were crowding the line of scrimmage. It was a very old school kind of what people have done. Not, not old school. A 2016 <laughs> game plan against Alex Smith. You know, crowd the line. Uh, you know, press, flood short zones. Um, and then, I mean, he made him pay late. Um, that, that throw to Conley was unbelievably good. One of the best throws I've seen him make. But... Yeah, I, I was curious. They didn't I, – I think generally speaking, if I'm starting to figure out the way this offense is running correctly, I think those deep shots are built into the offense for Alex Smith to check into. Mm-hmm. And I just think he wasn't doing it because the Eagles were just getting too much pressure. Now, I wish they'd tried it again because Hill got free deep and Alex missed him by what? Maybe two yards? Oh, I wouldn't yeah, say not that. Even. Oh, that and then those are was, that's I, frustrating. I, I said this last night. I think that if that ball's maybe just only six inches higher, Hill runs under it because he got his hand on it. 
Yeah, which, I mean, you know, that was, and that's going to happen. You know, and fans, everyone's been very understanding. I haven't seen people, oh, I can't believe you missed that throw. Because everyone understands the more deep shots you take, the more incompletions you're going to have. Because I don't care, oh, yeah, he's an NFL quarterback. Those are incredibly tough throws to make. Um, the, the best in the league don't even hit on them half the time. But it would have been nice to see them go for it a few more times. Because like you said, they're playing a lot of single high. And th- their safety is no, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, New England safety. Um, McCourty. Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy could play. Um, the the Eagles' safety that they had on single high wasn't nearly that good, and so I'm curious why they didn't do it. But I would assume it's because Alex chose not to check into those plays because of the amount of pressure he was facing. Anytime they had traditional dropbacks. Well, and the other thing that the other reason I asked the question is because they were down. They only dressed, I think, four corners, and they lost. One or two during the game. Yeah. So why not attack the weakness? I just, I, I think, you know, for for going down the field, you need five-step drops quite often. Not all the time. You can do some three-step drop stuff. But well, that's uh, I, was only a three-step drop. Right. So you can have some of it. But I just, I, I that's my only guess as to why, is that they just didn't trust the protection to hold up. Well, hopefully that changes next week. Now, Chris and I are going to do our predictions tomorrow, but do you want to give us one with a number on it, or you just got a feeling? Um, My prediction, it's in San Diego, but that doesn't mean anything. No, it's in L.A. Or, well, L.A. No, it might, well, it might as well be in San Diego. They'd probably have more fans show up if it were in San Diego. Maybe. Um, You know, that's... I think you're going to see the Chiefs win. Um, the Chargers are a really talented team, and they present some unique matchup issues. But I, I think the Chiefs are just a better team. Um, you know, they're just better. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. They're better coached. They, they're just better overall. And that's showing up when they play. The Chargers play them tough. But... I don't see the Chiefs dropping one. I think they're pretty locked in. That scare at the end of the game kind of happy it happened you know give you a little whoa you see how razors how 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 thin the margin is so in a win that they can overall feel good about they still had a bit of a scare put in them i like that i like i like the idea of not being complacent and so i i think it'll be interesting to see how peters does because keenan allen ate his lunch last time they played yeah this is gonna be a big matchup yeah, and so it'll be interesting to see if they do anything to protect him. Um, now, Marcus Peters is a better cover corner now than he was even then. He's improved throughout his career. Um, but Keenan Allen's an incredibly tough cover one-on-one. Um, I do think, and I will just say this because I know we got to wrap and stuff, but you know, we only saw Marcus Peters go up against Keenan Allen for it was like a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half, not even. I, I, I would postulate that had that game kept going and they kept targeting Marcus Peters that much, it would have been just like what happened the next week against Houston where Peters lost a little early on and then had two picks down the stretch. I just He's just not a corner you can pick on an entire game without throwing a pick. You just can't unless you make every throw perfectly. And Rivers is good, but he's not that good. <laughs> you know, no one, no one hits every throw. And if you target Marcus Peters 15 times or whatever it looked like they were going to do, you know, everyone's like, oh man, Keenan Allen would have had like a 250 yard game. It's like, no, he would have missed at least one or two of those throws and they would have gotten picked. Cause that's how, that's why people don't throw at Peters. Cause you can't make a mistake. So I think the chiefs win. I think they win. I think it'll be a fairly tight game. Cause the chargers play the chiefs. Well, 
Um, but overall, I think the Chiefs walk away with it. And then I think they're undefeated heading into my appearance at Arrowhead. Very nice. On Monday night against the Redskins. I think I'm going to get to go watch an undefeated team stomp all over the Redskins. Well, and well I think so we're all going to be there with together. <laughs> yes, I forgot that you guys are going to be there. That's awesome. With Arrowheads abroad, too. Yes, I man, there are so many people I want to visit. This is going to be a weird day. We're going to have to bring a couple of microphones and do something strange. <laughs> that, that could be fun. Check out his work on Arrowhead Pride, folks. Seth, thanks for being with us. Yep, thanks for having me again, guys. And today's edition of Locked on G's Podcast has been brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie, where they will match your deposit 100% up to $1,000. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.